This is Allison Capra, Miss Capra, and this is How Not to Be a Miserable Cow podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you share this with all the miserable cows in your life. It was funny to me. Um, I was in here getting ready for our podcast, and I was cleaning up my desk, and Nick is enrolled in school now, and he was in here um, in my office working on some schoolwork. The kids must have been napping, and I, I saw it as an opportunity. So I snuck in here, and we had a little uh, afternoon delight. <laughs> yeah, a little afternoon delight. And I was going to my desk and found the dang condom wrapper right there on the desk. It's like, oh my gosh, I could have seen my kid like walking around with this in its inner mouth or something. That would have been. Thought <laughs> I found it before they did. But it's good to see that we're using uh, protection because I don't need any more kids right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. But that's a great segue because that's what we're talking about, balance. And that's what it's all about. So this yeah. is How Not to Be a Miserable Cow podcast. And I'm Allison Capra. And that was my friend Stephanie Toomey. She is with me live today. We're actually doing a YouTube live for the very first time I've ever done this. And... I wanted her to talk a little bit about mom life balance because she is somebody that is a force of nature. I've never seen so many, so many gifts come out of one person and so many like accomplishments. Um, Stephanie is Marine Corps veteran, female bodybuilder. She was featured bodybuilding.com multiple times. She's a business owner. She's a military spouse. She's an artist. And she's a mom and she's got back-to-back babies. Yeah. Oh, I don't advise <laughs> that to anybody. No, <laughs> I do. I have babies. I went from active person in, in the in my career to straight mom. I am like, people have uh, said that I'm quite the the mom. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I guess that's a new title I have. And, and it's one that I welcome. I love being a mom, but it does take up um, a lot of my time a lot. I, I bet. Cause they're only 18 months apart, right? The babies. 13, 13 months 13. apart. Yeah. I had um, Rowan. She's my second baby, but the first of this cluster of babies I've had, um, I had her and then we found out I was pregnant again when she was only three months old. I'm like, who does that? That thing has a shelf life. I was like, what the hell? Get away from me. <laughs> oh my, my cousin God. told me the same thing. She does that. She's got back-to-back babies. And I'm like, how did you, like, is this something that you were planning? She was like, no. She's like, I didn't know because I was still breastfeeding. I didn't know I could get pregnant again so quickly. <laughs> I mean, they said, they said, you're, you know, if you breastfeed full time and I was fully breastfeeding and we were in the middle of a PCS, my husband was moving from North Carolina up here to Alaska. So, I mean, we were just, I mean, life just wasn't the opportunity to get pregnant. wasn't even there, but I guess she was just meant to happen because I can count how many times it could have potentially happened. And it did. Uh, I was definitely shocked completely. Well, that's awesome though. Yeah, because they're they freaking are, they're beautiful, and you look like you adore it. Because as much as like I watch people all the time, they got kids climbing all over them, and they look like frazzled and frustrated. Every time I see you guys, you share so much of your life online. You guys are like smiling and having a great time, even if you're just like, you know, taking shits together. All the kids are just on the toilet and just hanging out. Yeah, it is a group effort when um, 
it's like a little kumbaya on the shitter. Everyone holds hands. We all talk and it's uh, quite interesting. The little one wants to get in on it. So she rips the diaper off and the big one. So then when they come in, they, um, they hold my hand too. Mommy, you can do it. I'm like, thank you. I'm glad I have your encouragement and support. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, I wanted to get, I wanted, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. The one thing that they do that's a little uh, in the bathroom after their tub, they always get on the scale and I'm like, yay, you're getting bigger. So they tell me to get on the scale the other night and I get on, they're like, yay, mommy, you're getting bigger. <laughs> that's not a great celebration for mom. <laughs> they're like, it's, you're growing up. Oh God. That's hilarious. Well, what I wanted to kind of touch base on, I mean, I know that this is like for, for most people, kids and work and stuff, it's always a balance. People are trying to figure out how to do both, how to stay in shape when you have kids, how to, you know, handle, even if your husband's in the military, him being gone, you handling kids and all that. Before we dig into all that, I kind of wanted you to just share a little bit of your story because you don't just have the babies. You also have Anthony and that was a whole other story that that's something that I was even just researching and reading about when I first met you, because it was such an impacting story just of what you went through with his dad and how you overcame with that. And I think it's something that could really help people listening because they just see like all smiles. Now she's got this beautiful family, but they don't really know what you went through before that. And so I wondered if you'd touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, it definitely wasn't all smiles and, my life had for as wonderful it is now and how much we like to celebrate how great life and all the blessings we have. There were some super dark days and Anthony was my only child. Um, so I had these next babies when he was nine was the first time. Uh, so he was my only baby for nine years. But um, when I got pregnant with him, he also was not my planned baby. I've had one planned out of the three, but um he, I always say that he is my, he was my best, his dad was the worst mistake, but he was the best blessing that came from that. Um, I got involved with a guy who I'll keep his name unmentioned, but um, he seemed to be everything and treated me like a princess. And I kind of got involved with him and then I went on a deployment and uh, it was kind of my escape. I, th I felt like, wow, I, I got away with, by the skin of my teeth away from that guy. Cause he, there was just nothing gonna be long-term with him until I was floating in, uh, I think off the coast of Australia and I just didn't feel great and went to the medical deck on the ship. I was on a mew and I saw the beef bring in my, my, uh, staff and CYC and they came in together and told me you're having a baby and I was so floored and really my first uh, reaction was just crying it was awful I had to I felt like I left the ship with a big scarlet letter no, first of all people think you just got knocked up on ship which was not the case but um, I had to leave my platoon behind and then came back to a guy that was physically emotionally awful and abusive in all levels financially abused me um 
there was some sexual abuse, but a lot, a lot more physical abuse and a lot of emotional abuse. And I really respected his position in the Marine Corps, his job. He was in the, um, I had deployed with him the year before and he was a Marine sniper. So the things that he'd done that I knew, known that he was able to do and capable of in the way that he threatened me, um, really made me feel like a hostage in my own home. I was young and I was pregnant and I wanted uh, my family to feel like I was doing something right. Um, so I, I pretended and covered up a lot of the things that he was doing, even to work. I'd go into work and at work, I was this strong female presence in the Marine Corps. And uh, so I definitely didn't want people to know that I was going home, getting my ass beat. Um, but he did, he did a lot of um, really wrong things and it was a very vicious cycle of me forgiving him and letting him come back and so i finally uh escaped and i'll say escaped because it took a lot of courage for me to walk away from that but um i got away from him when he finally the last straw was when he went after anthony when it was no longer affecting me anymore when i wouldn't cry when i wasn't trying to fight back but i saw my then less than one year old baby sitting on the floor and he saw me looking at the baby to make sure Anthony wasn't in harm's way after he just threw a couch on top of me. And I, he looked and he saw my eyes going over to him and he ran across the floor and he grabbed Anthony by his ankle and flipped him upside down and, and shook him and said, I'll fucking kill him. And I, I like that mom strength's a real deal. I flipped the couch off me, grabbed my baby. And I was like, you're never going to ever have an impact on this boy's life. And he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't been around, not on his first He's tried um, all the wrong ways to come back in my life or Anthony's life, but Anthony's really not interested. I leave that door open for his, his decision one day, if he wants to be a part of his life, but he just hasn't, he says he has a great life right now and he's a great dad. And so he's right. That's where we're at happy now, but there, that was not a, a wonderful moment. Well, and I really appreciate you sharing that. I'm sure it's not easy, but I, I, I've been through this similar circumstances. I had an abusive first husband and went through a lot of similar stuff, just getting, getting in positions where I was trapped and I literally would have to just cower in order to make it stop. And I could just say, like, I, I think sometimes people, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, you've come through so much and I'm sure you could say that like that made you stronger. But, you know, I hear people just pump this, like embrace the struggle, embrace the suck message so much. And it's almost like glorifying the suffering and the suffering is the suffering and like it fucking sucks. And when you're dealing with it, it's like you can't see anything else. Like I don't I remember dealing with it and feeling like I couldn't see anything else at all on the other side of it and just feeling like I was trapped forever. But I think what instead of like glorifying the suffering as like getting us to the other side, it's more about like instead of embracing the struggle about like facing the struggle. And so it really sounds like that's that's what you did because you are stronger on the other side. And it wasn't something that you just were like, embrace it. This sucks, but I'm just here for now. <laughs> it's like, no, sometimes you don't embrace the struggle. Sometimes you face it and you get the fuck out. Yeah, absolutely. It, I definitely felt like this is my life. Like, how did it, how did my life 
come to this. I have this man that completely controls all aspects of my life to the point where he lived for free within my home, um, a house that I bought that he, you know, stomped around and did what he wanted. He controlled when, I mean, down to when we would have sex or what I could do or who, who I was talking to. He threatened to blow my career up. Um, and I, and you know what? I just let him for, for a long, it seemed like a long time because it seemed endless. It seemed like, when am I going to, nobody's going to come in this house and pick me off the floor and say, you're better than this. You've got so much to offer. And at that point, I didn't see much. I didn't see anything else. I saw, I saw the battered girl. I saw like, this is, this is who I am because of how much I guess I loved him at one point. So I, I owned what he was labeling me as all the unkind things that he said I would and, um, or that I wouldn't become anything. And it took, like I said, it took when Anthony, when he said something for Anthony, that I said, if, if it's between he, him and I, I've got to do something for my kid because he's a piece of crap. I've got to make a life for Anthony. Um, and a little fast forward from that, it went from him, those words that he said, you're a piece of shit, you'll never become anything, that I remember the first time that my sponsor sent me on an event um, where they blew up a bunch of flyers um, and posted them all over Camp Lejeune, and he was stationed on Camp Lejeune at that time, of come meet the greet, meet the pros or whatever, and it was like me and Matt Green, and I was on this poster with you know, MMA fighters that were champs at the time in the UFC, and, and it, it took that sweet success of being like a quiet, like I, I just hope one day he sees, walks through the gym or something and sees my face on this poster and can hear those words, eat the words of saying, you'll never be anything because it wasn't thanks. It was thanks to him. I'll take that back. It was thanks to him of saying, you know, you are way better than what this guy's pretending that you are. And, but a lot of girls get that tunnel vision of just accepting like this is their reality and that if there's anything I could say is that you're much better or bigger than whatever somebody's trying to label you as. 100%. And I think, you know, seeing that how far you've come and then what, what you were able to accomplish on the other side, it's amazing. I, I can't like, whenever I see you share anything out from your past or from today, it is so, it's so inspiring to me because I see you, juggling all the things. And I think so many women want all the things. They want to have a family and they want to do their things that they love and a career. And they want, you know, to be in shape and they want to have, you know, a good marriage, but maybe they don't know how to work for that. And so for me, it's inspirational to see, cause it's like, I'm working at all those things as well. And to see somebody who's achieving success in all those things, even if it's like right now, like, my kids are fucking potty training and they're crushing it. Like yeah. you're doing all the things you're, you're, you're balancing and wearing so many hats. And I think sometimes if, if you look at it, like you've come through so much and you've, your life has just been like an example to everyone around you of when you can overcome and when it looks like stuff is, there's no recovery from where you're at or you're trapped or whatever. No, you can have four or five successes along the way. You could keep having successes every single day, but it's a choice to work really hard. So that's kind of where I wanted to go with it. I want to know from your perspective, coming out of that 
to get to this side of like, okay, because people hang on to their past for entirely too long and they get like hung up on it and we're like, why did this happen to me? Why am I mm -hmm. going through this? Why? And like from somebody who's been through it, like, yes, it does suck. Like a, a lot of stuff sucks, but like, how did you get to through like becoming a bodybuilder and becoming, you know, having a successful military career and oh, it's starting your own business and marrying the man of your dreams and having kids and being in shape through the whole thing. So I will say first to start that um, nobody's special. Life sucks sometimes. I mean, life sucks and it, and it can eat you up if you choose to let it. Um, I'm not special. I'm not, if people would see my current day, they're like, wow, she gets it all together. I can't leave the house with one kid, nonetheless, three of them in a snowstorm at below 25. And I, and the only reason I say that is because that's the type of messages I get. Like, how did you get out and your hair was done? Um, nonetheless, all your children are dressed and Hey, I locked my kid in the car the other day, so I'm not perfect. And everyone's <laughs> life is not start. Um, but it's what you let it be. Some days it overwhelms me just life as it does. I'm sure everyone, I know it does to everybody. It's just what some people are willing to, um, let others onto. Some people want to give this, uh, facade that their lives are great. And most of the time, if those are the people that are having a lot of like the shit storm in the backyard that they, that they don't want anybody to know about. Um, for me, I couldn't, I felt like I was obligated, I think along the way to share my story because when I became sponsored, I, I dabbled in um, figure comp competitions and I think lifting weights is my outlet. I've been an athlete my whole life. So kind of to segue from the abuse, um, I got out of the Marine Corps in 2010 and I had started lifting weights in 2008. Um, I went on a deployment and I brought, it was my third deployment. I brought Arnold's Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding with me. It was like my weapon and Arnold's Encyclopedia. Um, and I just read it and tried to learn how to best lift weights for, for me. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with feeling strong because of how weak I had felt um, mostly emotionally and physically or emotionally. And um, so physically I felt so strong and so capable. That's how I got into lifting. And it just kind of organically came that people were like, wow, you have a great physique for um, competing. Like, have you ever thought of competing in figure? And I was like, so like a, you're talking like a ripped beauty pageant, like, okay, let's try that out. So I did two competitions um, and that was it. Um, I did North Carolina state comp and I won my class. That was the first show. And then I did junior, I think junior USA's. Um, and I placed top five there, but I was shortly, um, noticed shortly after that. And that's where I got sponsored by optimum and optimum gave me a great platform, but it really, um, what made me realize that I wanted to share my story was because I was in front of people and you get this very, uh, you know, you get the views of the girls in magazines, fitness magazines, and you think that they have it all together. And the more time I spent in the fitness industry, I was like, wow, these people really have, if I thought my life was jacked up, their shit is whack. And people think that they just have it all together. So I felt like, wow, I, this is a great opportunity, if anything, to show what I've been through in that this broken girl that, you know, is deployed three times, single mom, whatever, 
that people looked up to me with to share what I had been through and that they were capable of doing just the same thing. Um, so then I started just sharing more and more of my story and that's what people started catching on to. Not that I was in shape because there, you can go in any gym and find women that look amazing, way better probably than I did. But it was the fact that I was vulnerable and able to share without the, and it does come with, um, you know, the, the thought of people breaking you down and, and having something negative to say, but you just have to look past that and say, if, if my story can help one person, it was worth sharing. So that's where I used my platform with Optima mostly was just telling people what I had been through. And, um, and then I kept continuing that openness, that transparency. And I'm, I'm lucky I married a really great guy. Cause he's like, wow, you really like our condom story. Like to begin, he's probably like, Oh my gosh. But he's very supportive of me being so open with what I've been through, where I'm at now in life. Um, and I, I try to do that to just help other people, especially women. I'm all about helping women out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like, I like the dudes too. There's a place for them, but. <laughs> well, so I, I think that's all awesome. I love hearing about your story with your fitness stuff. Cause that means so much to me. Cause I really like the, the journey that you've been through with that. Even I love that you share so much on your Instagram of like going through both pregnancies back to back and just being basically pregnant for several years, just in a row, just boom, boom, boom. I'm still pregnant. And then seeing like your bounce back from that and how like phenomenal your progress has been. Like that's encouraging to me too. I feel like every, every person out there, if you're trying to get in shape, if you're looking for like some motivation, you definitely need to go follow Stephanie on Instagram. Stephanie, what's your Instagram handle? Um, it's Steph underscore two M E. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think I'll that's put it a in the description too. But it's yeah. just phenomenal because you're we're watching your, you know, you've been open with your progress from the get-go. And you you're showing pictures like I would never post pictures of myself during. Like I'll always post the before pictures after I look better. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like all along the way, like this is the way that it works. I'm this is who I am and I'm open. This is what's going on in my life. Keep up, follow, and then you do, man. Your your body is banging. Oh. Well, thank you. But, and I do think that that's the part of being um, open about it because again, I had all these pregnancies and, and I know the best way to take a picture, but I try to post the pictures of me not posing. Like this is the frumpy morning kid, just shitter pants. This one's at the time. I, I mean, I breastfed for 30 months, like get off me. Um, <laughs> just those pictures of like walking around and not, not always being able to it's a reality for me not to always be able to work out. Like I don't work out all the time and I don't want women to get discouraged by thinking that I do and I'm not or, or whatever I'm doing. And they, and they think that they have this level to compete with. And just to be completely frank, I'm like, yeah, if you can make it to the gym or out of your house or work out in your house a couple times a week, you're doing better than me on a lot of days. It's just now since my youngest hit one and a half that I have a lot more, time available but there were days where i'm like it's never going to get better this season of life is just overwhelming but um just keep keep on swimming and it, it will happen for you i promise and it's not even about i feel like at this juncture of our lives i know right now for me anyways i'm 33 
I think. I'm like almost 35. <laughs> it just changes so much because you go from like, it's not about even vanity or aesthetics as much. I mean, everybody wants to look good. But for me now, it's about feeling good. And so I got, I've gotten to a place where it's like, if I don't work out, I just don't feel good. So it's become my goal, plan, whatever, to just be able to participate in life. So if I'm like getting to a place where I've gained weight and it hurts, it's like, it's hard to breathe. When I do something, I'm like, oh, I have been slacking. Like I should not feel like this. I want to feel good every single thing I do. You know, that's the other thing I love about your fitness and your progress and all the stuff you share is like you're doing real life stuff. You're taking the kids on a hike, you know, and that's your workout for the day. I know you do yeah. a lot of bands and stuff like that, but you're also spending a ton of time outdoors and you're incorporating as much as you can with your kids in it. And sometimes that's what it's about. And I feel like people, they get like, well, I can't do it right now. I'm dealing with this. And it's like, well, go fucking kick a ball around with your kid then. Like, yeah. get outside. Well, that's what got me into wanting to try to get better or back into a good shape for me now, like a realistic shape um, was when Anthony, after I had Rowan, so she was, a, she's a little baby and Anthony and I were coming out of a restaurant or something and he was doing what we always do, like ready, set, go, trying to sprint and race to the car. I mean, I used to kick that kid's ass. Now I'm struggling and I'm like, he's only getting better and stronger and bigger and I'm getting like the same big bigger and not stronger <laughs> i need to practice some sprints in the front yard because nick my nick um is five years younger than me because you can't teach an old dog new tricks so i got a, a younger one he can take off and sprint like like a d1 athlete and i am struggling and i hate that i'm so competitive so i'm like trying to race them all to the car and not lose so that was an eye-opener for me when anthony was like leaving me in his dust. I'm like, how did this 11 year old just whoop my ass? I got to get better. Um, so, but th that is it trying to, you know, just be alive for your kids who wants to sit on the sideline and watch your kid, like going out and playing. And I definitely, it, it was a different change in mentality with Anthony. It was like, Hey, let's wrestle. Let's do this mom boy thing. Not the typical mom, a boy mom life. He and I really get into it and wrestle around and play. But now that I have daughters, I have another different type of example I feel I don't want my daughters ever to see me at the beach trying to wear a cover-up or and not because um I don't not because I feel like oh I could flaunt it because I look great because I struggle with that also just like every woman but I don't want them to say they do everything they are literally my little uh, mini me's and the last thing I want them to do is be like why is mommy covering up? She's not comfortable looking the way that she does. So I need to do that. So now it's like a different type of example. I'm trying to set a little different than Anthony's, even though I know that boys struggle with insecurities and all that too. But for my daughters, I don't want them ever to grow up thinking the word like fat or, um, and that also shifted my fitness with nutrition. It was a different approach than how I used to be like very strict. I want them to know how to like live, a, live balanced within their eating and, um, that it's okay to do certain things at certain times. So being being a mother is a bigger responsibility than just making sure your kids are fed and put to sleep. I think it's the example that we're setting for them is bigger than you'll ever know. The impact you leave on them is bigger by what you do day in and day out than just how well you got them on the bus that morning. So, so then from your perspective, because 
you've got so much going on. And I know I, I definitely want to take another podcast to talk all about your business and to talk a lot more about just your lifestyle. But from your perspective, is there like three things you could sh share with people listening to help get their life balanced with fitness and healthy lifestyle and raising kids? Like what are your, your three top um, things that you try to achieve or how would you suggest that if they're dealing with little ones that they maintain? Okay. Um, so for one, I would say to look at your schedule of what, and then pick realistic day, days or times that you can, you know, make out of that schedule for yourself. Cause you, everybody starts like Monday is going to be my day and I'm going to go to the gym five days a week and I'm going to eat perfect. I would say, look at your schedule and say, okay, I do have five days that I probably could make it or three or whatever. And then I would shoot for less than that because the last thing you want to do is say Monday, I'm going to start and everything's going to be awesome. And then your kid locked you out of the house or the dog shit on the carpet or whatever. And then you didn't make it to the gym and now you feel like a failure. So what I would say is just set yourself up for a realistic approach. Like I can make it for sure three days this week. And, and I say make it, whether that means go to the gym or work out in your living room or whatever, and then hold yourself accountable for that. But don't set yourself up for these standards that you don't know for sure that you can meet. Um, so just set yourself up for something that you absolutely can. And then don't make up excuses for those times. So that kind of brings me into the second one. Make sure you, even though we all, everybody, whether you have kids or you don't, we all have crazy lives. So stop making excuses for why you can't make it happen because they're about as good as, I don't know, that dog shit that I pick up on the carpet too often. Um, just don't make, make an excuse. If you want to do something, you're the only one that's going to pick you up off that carpet. You're the only person that's going to make yourself lose the weight or get in shape. You can hire people to do almost everything in your life nowadays. You can have a Google assistant. You can have an assistant. You can have everybody do everything except for stuff for your own health. So make that a priority. Stop making excuses. And thirdly, I would say um, know, know what is – okay, I would take a picture of yourself that you feel the best at, of where you were. Um, and hang that picture on your bathroom window or on your refrigerator or bathroom mirror and say, that's the girl that I want to be. That's the girl I want to be or beat. Not cut out all the little pictures of girls in magazines because they don't have it all going on. Just set yourself up with um, be the best version of yourself. And that could be as a mom, as a business owner, as a corporate working in the corporate world um, or in the gym. Just Put yourself, make yourself a priority, stop making excuses and set yourself with attainable goals. That's that so good? good. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think too, I mean, I know for me anyways, you know, raising, I raised my stepsons for eight years. And one thing that we did that was major, and I know you've done it as well, is set up enough of a space at home to where if you can't get out of your house that day, you have, you have the tools to make something right. happen at home. Um, right. And so if, if people want to know more about that, I we can work on it. I have um, 
a blog as well. And I could put together maybe like a list of your favorite home exercises or your home equipment that you'd suggest. And we could put that up there and share it with people listening, because I feel like that is so major for people with little ones. And one of the things I used to love watching was when your kids are really little and all your workouts you did with them in the gym, crawl it all over you. Yes, I will. I'll send you some stuff over because I, my first approach back after I had and I'll be honest, I didn't work out a lot between Rowan or with pregnant with Rowan or between Rowan. Well, I didn't have a between. I had three months um, into my pregnancy with Harlow. So I was really out of shape, not just out of my shape, but out of shape. Um, and I got up to over 230 pregnant with all of every child. So when I was 23 pregnant with Anthony, I was still over maybe like 220. But with the girls, I was over 230 pounds. And I got back down to about one 160 is where I sit at usually. I'm 5'9". So people ask those questions a lot. How tall am I and how much do I weigh? But um, I only worked out. So after Harlow, up until she was one years old, I only worked out. I think it was one um, for three three days a week for 20 minutes. And I went from 230 to 160, three days a week for 20 minutes. But I held myself accountable and said, I have to do this. And, and I did watch what I ate, meaning I watched it go in my mouth and I ate it. Um, <laughs> I was a little bit more cautious of how I ate. Um, and, and that's how the weight just started coming off. But it was just a consistency. And I put myself first. You can't always put everybody before you or you will be miserable, a miserable cow. A miserable cow, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> I mean, they say it on every plane, everything you do across the board, like secure your mask first, because if you pass out, you're no good to the children that are going to pass out next to you. Yes. So it's really true. Well, okay. I'm so thankful that we, you got to share. I really hope that you'll be able to be a regular collaborator on here. Cause I know people will have questions because as soon as you start talking you've got like so many things and you're in school, you're a full-time student, right? So like, I know you've got a lot going on, but if we can just continue like in the future to, to talk and um, I want people to be able to find you though. Cause I know you have a website right now and I know you have um, some, you do some online um, diet and training yeah. for people. So will you tell everybody where they can find you? So I have an email for my fitness stuff. It's to me, Johnson fit at Gmail. Um, and I'll send you the links. I also have an online thrift store, which we'll talk about later, which is still up and coming again. We don't have enough hours in the day, but that's to me sincerely. And there's a whole backstory of why I named it that. Um, and then my personal Instagram, which I do a lot of writing about my family and sharing a lot about my kids is the at Steph underscore to me, which I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that is. And then I also have a blog called the dirty coffee blog. And that's a little bit about our family adventures and the things that we do. Um, and I pop in there and just tell meltdown experiences that we've had or whatever the case might be. So dirty coffee blog to me sincerely. Yeah. I'll send you the links and I'd love to send over some workouts for some moms to do at home. Awesome. And I, I know you have a group too. And once people kind of connect with you, maybe they can be a part of your fitness group because it helps me so much. I see stuff pop up and I like read your articles and they're excellent. So I'll see if we can't get people connected that way, but I appreciate you so much. It says babies for me. So pretty. Hi. 
Nick's lucky. It's your Nick. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it again anytime. Okay, love you, babe. Welcome to How Not to Be a Miserable Cow podcast. This is Allison Capra, and I'm sitting here with my very good friend, Tabitha. Tabitha, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. So I have a quick story to tell, and I know this is like a little story time, but this is how we met, and I don't think I've ever told you this, so don't be offended right now, but because I have to tell you this. So Tabitha is a badass, and Tabitha, how old are you? <laughs> Just tell everybody how old you are to start off with, because they, they need to know this. I'm 50 years old. Okay. Tabitha's a badass. She's a fitness competitor. She's a trainer. She has a yoga studio. She's working on her own spin class that's like a combination of both upper body, middle body yoga slash hit training with spin. And it's my favorite thing ever. But before all that, Tabitha ran probably the biggest gym in our area, would you say? Probably the biggest gym in our area. Oh, yes. They definitely have a monopoly in the area, for sure. The biggest gym in our area. When we were first going to this gym, this is how I met Tabitha. Tabitha's intense. (laughs) (laughs) Tabitha's intense. And I remember I would come to the gym. First of all, I did not know she was the manager. I didn't know you were the manager. And so I just thought you worked there and that you were, like, hardcore. Every time I came in, I was like, oh. Tabitha's here because I'd see her cleaning and moving stuff and she looked aggravated if we move gym equipment around and I'm like oh shit I'm like this lady's intense so I'm like trying to steer clear of her but then there was there was something about you that I just really always liked and I thought you know what I think I'm gonna give this lady a shot I'm gonna go to her spin class I'm like, and Nick was like, you're going to a spin class? (laughs) I was like, yeah, man, I think maybe she's hardcore. Maybe it's what I need. Because at the time, I had been CrossFitting almost a decade of CrossFit, almost six days a week. And my body was tired. It was worn out. I was busted. And I was like, I got to do something besides CrossFit. I feel like I'm at my failure point with CrossFit. I feel like I need to do something else. So I thought, you know what, I used to spin. I used to spin back home. I'd try your spin class. and Maybe it would be what I need to kind of bust my ass. I was like, oh my God. 
it was the best workout I'd had in probably a year. It was so intense. It was like jumping my heart rate up, bringing it back down. I had a great workout. I did a month of spin with you. I think I did, I calculated that I did over 500 something miles of spin in your spin class in a month. Oh my goodness. I lost like 24 pounds, I think, in like less than just a couple months doing your spin class. And I realized like, I was like, oh, she's intense, but it is like so good in the gym. Like this is what I needed. And then... You started talking to me one day, and I was like, we, we started sharing a little bit of our story and everything, and I was like, man, I think I really like this lady. And I told Nick, I was like, I don't think she's really as intense as you think she is. I said, I think I really like her. And he's like, be careful, she's intense. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm intense, so I get, I get it. But after that, we started training together. Because at the time you were training for your your show and you started putting me through workouts. And I've been in like workout training since I was 16 years old. But I was like, you know what? As a 30-year-old, I was think I was 31, 32 at the time. I'm like, I need somebody who, who knows how to train for longevity. Any 24-year-old can be a trainer. That's like, sure, you look fucking great for a 24-year-old. I'm sure you're doing real good things. But it takes a lot for somebody who's 50 to do a competition, competitive. It's like, it's a whole nother animal. And I knew that I needed somebody who knew how to train that kind of body type, that kind of body style. So I said, Tabitha, will you train me? We started training together and I realized who you were. The most compassionate and caring person that I had met in a long time, especially in this area. And we became really good friends. And now she's one of my closest friends. She's a bridesmaid in my wedding. I'm super excited about that too. <laughs> but I just wanted to give that little bit of an introduction of how I met you and I thought you were way too intense for me. And it, you've changed my life for the better. Every time I sit with you and have conversations, I feel like I've gone to therapy. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> But tell a little bit about your yoga studio because I want people to know kind of what you have going on locally. Well, first, I just want to say I never knew any of that stuff that you said, <laughs> really. I mean, I knew you lost weight, but I really didn't know it was that much. And I saw the pictures. It was pretty great. But you did all that work. It was you that did all of that. But you kicked my butt and I needed it. <laughs> that was amazing. And so, yeah, fast forward a whole bunch the gym is in the rearview mirror and here we are <laughs> our own businesses it's so funny that we're right here next door to each other it's kind of synchronicity i think is the word that i'm looking for like i never would have really expected that this is where we would be and the yoga studio is really my passion it's really about helping people you know and um helping people find what it is exactly that they need to get through in order for them to be the best person they are for them, no matter what it is. And um, looking at people for who they really are, not the masks that they wear, and having them uncover it for themselves, you know? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you kind of just touched on it, but it's really true. Like, when we met, we were both at very different places in our lives and kind of just kind of, I mean, I remember coming into your spin class after crying sometimes all morning because I was going through so much stuff emotionally and getting through spin and realizing like it was the one thing 
that I did every day that pushed my body so hard that I couldn't think about my emotional pain. Because <laughs> right. at the time I was dealing with a lot. And sometimes it takes that. But where we're at now, you've got your own businesses going, more than one. And they're kicking ass and taking names. And then so do I. And, you know, people say we're real female entrepreneurs over here just out here <laughs> crushing it. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit. I know you've got quite a story, and I know we can get into it even more. I hope to have you on as much as you're willing to come on. Well, but, thank you. It's you know, an honor. I love it. But I wanted to talk a little bit about that because you've had not a, a super easy life. You've had a very hard life and overcoming things with b- bad relationships with men and overcoming bad relationships with the father and overcoming really, really hard things. And I think, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit today. So many times as women will get into a relationship and put ourselves on the back burner so that we can kind of support other people's goals. But it takes really us knowing what it is that we want. Exactly. So tell, share just a little bit, if you would, in your own words, a little bit about your story. Gosh, there's so many different places that we could actually go with this whole thing. Yeah. You know, and I believe we were talking about it the other day, just the different cycles and who we are as women, first of all. If we were to look at it like that, like, you know, when we're young and what we go through for the first 10 years and who we are, and the female role models that we have in our life, you know, and it seems that we as women as a whole in society has really shifted and we're changing we've gone the pendulum is really like swung going from the Stepford wives to being all made up and beautiful and this dress and everything to please their man to feminism and just hating men and thinking that we can replace men when in reality that we don't and you know going through life as a female from the time we were very young until, I mean, I'm 50 now, it's unbelievable that I'm actually here, but everything that I went to become 50, you know, um, who I learned and who I was, and I don't really think I figured that out until I was about 45. You know, I was really just lost, kind of going through the things that I went through, and it wasn't until I took responsibility for myself and stop blaming society, blaming men, blaming my family or my raisings or whatever, my husband, my sister, my brother, whoever, and took responsibility for everything that things started to shift and I started to discover who I was. Yeah. You know, um, I've been on my own since I was 16 and when I left home, I blamed my family because of the stuff that was going on inside the house at that time that it was their fault that if I had a better family life that maybe I'd be different and then I it wasn't too much long after that that I got married at 17 years old and then it was his fault you know it was his fault if I had if he was just this or just that or just this maybe it would be different And then when I left him, I was on a rampage to any man that was alive. It was all their fault. And I could do anything that they could do. You know, I was working on cars. Just like when I was young, I was climbing a taller tree. 
you know, I would, you know, do anything that a man could do. And I think it really hit me when my two, I raised two boys by myself and they both became teenagers and this man who I felt was so messed up and it was all his fault, they wanted to be with him and not me. And I had to really like look at myself in the mirror and see that I was really just angry. I was angry at everybody. And really the person that had put me in that place was myself. Right. Yeah. I think it's really crazy too because if you look if you look back, like I know we were kind of talking about like the burn your bras movement and like doing all that. And you said you burned your bras. <laughs> yeah, I was all about that. It was anything to, you know, say, you're going to make me do that. Yeah. Right? I, I was standing up for it. I was pushing up against it. It was, you know, anything to stand apart and be angry. Yeah. And I think probably one of the things that, you know, I'm all for, I'm a, a strong, like, and when I say strong, I just mean very <laughs> intense, forceful woman with a lot of opinions and a loud voice and I take a lot of leadership wherever I go some people don't like it it can rub people the wrong way but when it comes down to it like I really value and love when females are out to they can get what they want to do and they're moving forward and dredging forward and they don't let anything stop them and they're doing awesome things like I love that but if we're doing that to spite a man Exactly. Then we are, are we really past it? Like, are we really healed and whole? Are we really feminists if we're just anti-men? Exactly. <laughs> and that's the part that gets really scary to me. It's like, the more and more I look at this, I really, I pulled up some images of this, um, you know, the futurist female movement. And it's, I mean, we saw a picture on there, gals wearing that t-shirt and saying that slogan in 1975. Right. And people have really pushing that. But guess what really popped up when that movement was just firing hard? Guess what really went up? Female spending. <laughs> Basically, like, <laughs> we were being fed a slogan that drove up every, every business, every, like, every, across the board, money was being spent mm -hmm. because women were taking control of the finances. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not a bad thing. It's a capitalist country, like women spending money, putting forth products to that women can use and making it more about like things that are that we like. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but we have to watch the messages that we're being sent and what we're buying into. And so like all these companies, Forever 21, H&M, every single one of them has got a shirt that says the future is female or fem, well, feminist forever. This is what a female <laughs> looks like. They're making millions of dollars yes. off of a slogan. Yes. And you're wearing it, but do you know what it means? Do you exactly. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and that's the stuff that gets me the most like fired up about the whole thing because I feel like a miserable cow at the core is is mainly just angry. And you know what? You might be a victim. We've talked about that before. You've been a victim of a lot of things. Exactly. But it really is true until you're ready to get free and let go of some of that emotional pain and all of that, you're just miserable. Exactly. It doesn't matter who you blame. You wake up in the morning and you're miserable because you choose to be miserable. Exactly, exactly the truth. And it's funny, you know, and I'm not trying to categorize or say that there's certain women that do this or certain, I think none of us are exempt from this. 
you know, we can either choose to accept responsibility for who we are and what we are and stand in that place that we source everything in our whole entire life or we're blaming somebody and we're a victim. Now, our government, for instance, will in fact use that to their advantage because like you said, it sells products. It has us be controlled. We're dominated, okay? We're now a follower. And it's much easier to follow around the masses and what they believe. And it swung, the pendulum has swung the other way. And you have a whole bunch of people that are following this way because they're angry, because they're hurt, because of whatever has happened to them that they are upset about. And they're using this as the reason to fuel that anger. You know, we can get a lot further by loving and accepting people for okay. who they are and yeah. what they are and giving them um, the tools to be able to heal from these things so that they can rise up and be whatever they want to be, basically. Work together to create a better family. And I think that's one of the things that makes me the saddest about all of it. Because, you know, I have a lot of friends that are gay. I have transgender friends. I have people that are in all different positions. And I'm not directing any political agenda at the core of what I believe that people should or shouldn't do. That's not my, my goal. But what I do believe is that it does take both men and women to raise children. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that if you are gay and you have a child that there's something wrong with you or your children's going to be fucked up. I'm not saying that. But I guarantee you when that kid's going through something and maybe they want an uncle or a grandfather around, they, they have tools that maybe we don't have in our toolbox exactly. to help them to grow. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's, that like I get the most upset about is this idea that like people want to push fathers out. I see a lot of times like on Mother's Day, or Father's Day, sorry, a lot of mothers are posting things about Father's Day to themselves because they were a single mom. Right. And I'm like, give me a break. Right. You, you want to celebrate that? Like, that's a tragedy that your kid didn't get to have their dad. Like, that's a tragedy. And I'm not saying that you are not a great single parent because I know a lot of them. But I'm saying, let's look at ways to, like, get kids whole. Right. Exactly. And we can't shove fathers out to, to do, to, again, to spite men. Exactly. And it works both ways. It really does. It works both ways. We have a lot of broken men in this world, and we have a lot of broken females. There's a lot of lost people that don't know. And I, you know, my personal, I mean, you know, I'm a yoga person, so I am always looking at the spiritual aspect of it. You know, I have no prejudice towards transgender, gay people, any of that. I really truly believe that these souls are coming into these bodies and they're confused. And now we have this other problem that these people are having to deal with, that they are maybe a female stuck in a man's body or a man stuck in a female's body. And then they, they have this where they can't conform to society. They have to stand up and they have to speak their voice and they have to find their truth. Now, are they doing it in a kind and loving way? Are they doing it in a hateful way? Are they hurting people along the way? Are they blaming people because they are who they are or what they are? All I'm saying is people just need to stand up and take responsibility for themselves. Absolutely. That's a very good point. I, I can't 
I can't enough. My mom has said this to me for the last couple years because she sees me. I've been through a lot of hard things in relationships and I put up a lot of walls and I put up a, a lot of safety mechanisms, if you will, to keep myself from having to be vulnerable. And she always catches me in it. She hears me in my voice when we talk on the phone, if I'm like saying something and I'm acting hard and she's like, would you stop? And the one thing she always reminds me and keeps saying to me is she says, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. <laughs> you that must that? be an old one because that was said to me too. Right? <laughs> it is. It's like an old slogan, I think. And she always, she always tries to get me to remember that. Like, you can't be so mad at your face that you're going to cut your nose off because... That's the only nose you got. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to fuck up your face, but you also won't be able to breathe afterwards. Well, you can look at some of these people we have running around these days. You kind of wonder, I think they're doing that. Right. <laughs> Literally. And, and we talked about this the other day, and I, I just want to, one more time, because it, you, it, you said it and I loved it. You were just talking about all the things that you love having a mane around for. Right. Because you are a very strong very intense woman business owner exactly and explain tell everybody well you know i know i can build a motor i can tell you i can i built a 69 camaro 350 by myself just because i wanted to prove that i could you know i can do that i can go and change a tire i have no problem doing that pretty much can diagnose what the problem is on any engine you know but do I want to do this? <laughs> no, I don't want to do this. I can remember one time I had a 78 Firebird. It was baby blue. And um, it had T-tops. And the transmission was in the, um, in the floor. And so um, the little casing for the transmission came up. And it goes around. And there's a little cable in it. And when you shift it, it moves. Well, it has to move inside that little plastic case. Well, it plastic case broke. So I got up underneath it and super glued it with nail glue. <laughs> you know, and those were the type of things that I did back then that I thought, oh, see, I don't need a man. I'm gluing my nails on or whatever. It's so funny. But these days I, I like, you know, to have my man do those things for me. That's nice. You know, he takes care of me. And, and it's, it's, it works both ways. You know, he cooks, I cook when we're at home. It's like we don't divide like, oh, you're a woman, you have to do this. Or, oh, you're a man, you have to do this. We both work in the yard. I like that he mows the yard. I don't want to have to mow the yard. Do I, you know? Those are the things. And, you know, those are things that happen through communication. And if we're not communicating with the people that we are in relationships in our lives, how are we going to, how are they going to know what we like, first of all? And how are they going to know what we don't like? You know, there's so many people that just fall into this mold and um, they just follow whatever the other person is, wants or has. And then years later, they're like, well, I'm not happy because they never discovered for themselves what it is that they wanted in the first place. Yeah. Or even who they were. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of times what people get into. I mean, you know, nothing against getting married or anything like that, but I think it can kind of fall into the same thing. It's like if you just go with something because it's what society says. And, you know, that's what we've kind of learned with with 
feminism, you know, across the board, women. I mean, it, it comes down to this, like, if you really want to know what it's like to be mistreated as a female, let's just drive down <laughs> to another country and throw you in there and show you what it's like to actually be oppressed because we're not oppressed here, right? No, we're not. Not oppressed here. No. So then when you look at females here and what what even your generation fought for our generations to have with jobs and with equal pay and with things like that that are are better and better it's i'm not saying that that was not very important because that stuff is very important we've made such big strides as females we absolutely have what i'm saying is that if you are angry and bitter and just anti-man to be anti-man then you're not you're missing the point there are so many men out there who support and uh, like adore and lift up women and we can't just be generalizing the way things are and setting up like barriers on our eyes for the way that we do things I am with a person who's an alpha male he's extremely intense he's a leader everywhere we go I've never been with somebody quite that that way but he's always made a seat for me at every table we've ever been to so if we're if he's sitting around having a meeting with a bunch of executives guess who's sitting around having a meeting with a bunch of executives me mm -hmm. with him always and I believe that those kind of partners are out there and if that's what something that is valuable to you to find then find that you know you don't have to fit into some mold of like oh I need to get married so I need to just be with this person if they're not treating you right exactly just to be with that person right and that's what society has basically done you know this is the way it looks like you you grow up you get married your man and wife and this and that it's changed it really has changed you know there's man and man there's woman and woman there's you know we have all mixed variety of different types of relationships. That's not what it's about. It's really about teaching women how to be women and teaching men how to be men. Because there's a lot of broken men out there that don't know how to be a man. Or you know, father. Or, or father or brother. And that's what it's about. You know, the women need to stick together and teach women how to be women you know, and stand in that place. And let's just say there's a gay woman there. Sexuality is only a little tiny piece of who we are as human beings. There's so many other pieces to who we are as a human being. You know, there's our spirituality. There are the relationships that we have. You know, there's our family life, our home life. You know, what are we doing in these different areas? Are you taking responsibility for those things in your life? Yeah. Or are you blaming others because they did that or this or this to you? Or they're, you know, are you just following along with the crowd of the masses and what they're doing? And because it's cool to be this way and you're not really quite sure what that means. Right. I think probably the scariest thing to me is like, I remember going to college and I mean, this was... I guess 15 years ago, but still feels fresh. I remember going to college and like seeing, going over to different friends' house that are girls and hanging out and stuff. And they didn't know how to cook or clean or 
anything. And I remember thinking like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Why don't you know how to cook? What are you, how are you going to get through life? And it's like, it goes either way. Like I just, my mom taught me how to set a table, how to cook, how to clean, how to pick up after myself, how to do, how to do laundry so that I could do all those things for myself. But she also taught my brother how to do a lot of shit too. Now, does he do it? No, that's a different story. But as a whole, if we're so concerned about breaking gender roles that we don't know how to take care of ourselves. <laughs> I feel like it's still pretty important that you learn how to boil water and uh, clean, <laughs> whether you're male or female. Well, yeah, they used to have that in school when I was growing up. There was wood shop and there was home ec. And, you know, you could do either one. The boys were in home ec and the girls were in wood shop. And we got to learn those different things. And those things are all super important. As human beings, we get to learn and find out if we like it or if we don't like it. It doesn't have to be assigned to a female or a male. Right. So this is our, this is our message today. I think the number one thing that I think we're both saying, because we both have very... Tabitha's with a Green Beret, and he's like big, strong biker dude and nick <laughs> nick is a raider marine raider and so we have these very strong people in our lives but we're very strong right back <laughs> exactly and i think that the the thing that we're trying to get across to you is not anything politically agenda anything like that but really truly that we are humans and we want to work together to raise children to take care of our homes to take care of our lives and not make be so set on on setting ourselves apart or so set on making making it to where we fit into like a group of feminists or we fit into some sort of cultural you know norm or cultural trend but to think about really truly about being brave being standing up for yourself and your relationships and working together right? That's right. I think the biggest thing I read a book um, called Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. If you haven't read that, it's an excellent book. She talks about all throughout how people are always talking to her about being right or left wing. And if she's in this industry in the media, then she shouldn't be shooting guns because people might not like it. Well, she grew up shooting guns. She loves shooting guns. And it's like people were given such a hard time. All the liberals were just like, up her rear about it and she just kept saying like why does it have to be this way why does I why do I have to like pronounce myself officially as a liberal or a republican or why do I have to announce if I'm for gay marriage or anti-gay marriage like I don't care what they do why do I have to say oh I'm a feminist or oh I really love my husband and I want to cook him dinner every night like it doesn't have to be this way and and in order for us to like really truly be who we are sometimes we have to brave the wilderness and that's what the title of the book is because it's kind of lonesome out there on the ledge by yourself being a strong woman who's uh, also likes to come home and make your husband dinner every night (laughs) so i think that's kind of what we want to get across is it's okay to brave the wilderness and completely work together to promote a healthier world we don't have to try so hard try so hard to stick up for ourselves and be outspoken about us being heard sometimes you just have to keep going keep being you 
Well, it's kind of cool to know that when you're out there and you're standing up and being yourself, it is you are standing apart from other people and you are being strong. And people find you as being intense. Right. Or they find you intimidating or they don't want to, they make judgments about you and who you really are because you're standing up and you're fighting for what it is that you want. You know, it's really about having a commitment towards your goals and what it is that you want. But it's nice at the end of the day when I get to go home, I don't have to be strong anymore. I can really just be me. And being me sometimes isn't very strong. I may look strong on the outside, but all of us, each one of us has a heart and we have that, that, that genuine person inside of us that doesn't want to be strong. We're all just really kids inside, you know? And at the end of the day, when we go home and we lay our head on our pillow, not having to fight or push up against, makes it super nice. Feel safe. It does feel safe. And I think that's, that's a wrap for us today, but the biggest thing that I wanted to just completely address was all that stuff and I want everybody to know that they can find you where they can find you so what is your Instagram and your website Uh, my website is yogadivinepurpose.com and Instagram is yogadivinepurpose1 because there will be more and I think also you know I don't know if everybody knows but you do a lot of different kinds of things in there and you can sit and talk with people um you want to tell a little bit about your kind of holistic sort of therapies and psychological sort of things that you do or well we do i do personal training so if you're looking for the physical end of it we do do personal training and then we also offer health coaching so it's a holistic health coaching so you're looking at your life as a whole um we do reiki we also have massage therapy and then yoga classes And it really, truly has changed my life having you right next door because I didn't realize how much when I was going through stressful stuff, just coming in and having yoga Tabitha, because yoga Tabitha is a whole different Tabitha. (laughs) The intense spin class Tabitha, I love her too because she kicks my ass, but the yoga Tabitha turns on and your soft voice comes out and I've never been so relaxed and honestly so present I think that's the biggest thing I've learned from you is how to be present in each moment when I'm in yoga so I would recommend especially if you're local to eastern North Carolina come in and check out the studio and then if not Tabitha is going to be doing some stuff on her YouTube channel very soon so you'll have to check that out and I'll put the links to her um, site in my description here but I hope everyone has a great day the future is male and female Yes. All right, have a good one. Good? Good. That sounded like a little bit too intense. Oh, you're good. What's wrong? He looks bored now. He's just sick. He's got a cold. Oh, you do? You take some echinacea?